Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. This episode, my guest is Peter Bordy, a good friend of mine who lives in Adelaide and used to play in No Apologies and now plays in a band called Level and is doing stuff for a little project of his own called Smash, which he did years ago and is reinvigorating now with some help from mates in Adelaide. Um, Pete did this podcast once years ago um, and it was quite a good chat. We leaned against a public toilet block outside in Adelaide after we had both played a show. It was quite funny. Um, but yeah, uh, this is really cool. Pete um, is a legend and was uh, one of like the, you know, a cool uh, first people who were really cool about liking I Exist, my band. And that was something really cool for a lot of us because um I mean, myself and Jake from I Exist in particular both really liked No Apologies, his band. So, it was cool to get that sort of feedback there. And uh, he worked for Resist Records, which I Exist had records come out on and things like that. So, it was, uh, you know, a relationship that's been really cool over the years that's developed into a friendship and things like that. So, it's great to have Pete, um, you know, come and have a chat about a record he really likes. And he chose the self-titled Smith's record. Um, which is something that I'm not really that big a fan of and, uh, well, at least wasn't, didn't really think too much of it before doing this. But as much to beat surprise, I did listen to the record in full and made some notes. And, yeah, it was fun to talk about and talk to someone who's a really big fan of the Smiths and Morrissey's music and things like that. So, uh, that was really good. Um, and certainly, like all these other ones have been, it is really changing my opinion a little bit on things and making me expand my perception of these bands too. Um, there was definitely like, there's definitely songs on the record now that I like. So, um, yeah, it, it, that was kind of the point of doing this. So it's going well, um, got more cool podcasts coming up soon, more cool guests. Um, as always, uh, subscribe, give us a review, follow us on the social things. Let me know if there's people you want me to talk to. Check out the website, blah, 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 blah. Um, otherwise, enjoy episode 85 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Peter Body talking about the Smiths. Fucking brutal. All right, Pete, thank you for coming on the podcast again i'm back thanks for having me you're back i brought it up when i talked to someone that when we did that one in adelaide we were sitting outside leaning against like a public toilet i i believe mm. from memory it was, it was like a nice night though wasn't it? it's not like it was, it was warm and- it was it was nice it was. I think that was actually the first time I recorded one outside, and then after that point, was I started. I, eating? I think you might have been <laughs> eating dinner. Yeah, we both played a show, and I think we like left in the middle of the show. <laughs> That's always the best time to leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't say that. Um. All right. So you picked the self-titled Smiths record. Why? Yep. Why have you chosen this? All right, here we go. Okay, so 
when I first started um, touring with bands, not my own bands, but the uh, international bands that were coming through, yeah. I was a pretty close-minded, like hardcore dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I listened to I listened to Madball. I listened to, you know, you could, the, the the types of bands all sounded the same pretty much. And as when I was a kid, that's sort of obviously how I got not into music, but how I really started digging into music was through those kind of bands. You know, it was all very aggressive, loud, fast. Yeah. You know, like if toe-to-toe, Madball, Gnostic Front, like New York Hardcore, it was all that, you know, tattoos, muscles, <laughs> hardcore. You know what I mean? So when I started touring with these like older American or wherever they were from guys and they were listening to a whole bunch of different music, I was like, ah, oh, there's other music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I didn't come from a musical family. I, I Like punk, I got into punk, a bit of metal and found hardcore. It was like really quite quick. So I didn't like come through the Beatles or something. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was on tour. It was, oh God, 2003, I reckon. Um, a couple of bands toured like month to, like back to back and they were all listening to similar kind of stuff. I reckon it was like Hope Conspiracy, then American Nightmare, you know, so similar yeah. kind of guys. And, yeah, they were listening to lots of the Smiths, um, Joy Division, you know, like, you know, a lot of different stuff, even New Order and whatever stuff like that. Mm. And I guess just not because I was impressionable, like I'd like to say it's not just because I was like, oh, he's cool, I'll listen to it. But because, <laughs> yeah, we on all those tours back then, it was all driving, you know what I mean? We're not fucking just driving to the airport and jumping on a plane. We were in the car all day long, every day. Yeah. So I was exposed to a lot of different music and then I was like, oh, I kind of like that. So then I started digging in, into it myself and I'm kind of weird when I do something like that. Just say even recently I've started to listen to bands that obviously I've known of forever but never really gave a chance. I always start at the start. Yeah. Um, I pretty quickly work out what's my favourite one and then I sort of go from there. But um, with the Smiths, so the first ever time, this is funny, just after that tour, my, my band at the time, Restraint, was playing a show at this like weird underground sort of nightclub kind of near King's Cross in Sydney and mm. it had like a DJ booth set up behind the stage and we actually used it. We had Pete's mate play <laughs> hip-hop in between our songs or something <laughs> fucking weird like that. Um, he was like this legend dude and... I kind of poked my head over and the, the DJ had left all these CDs in there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He must have just played CDs and not records. Um, so I kind of poked my head in there and I was like, mm, what's in there? And then I, I saw this, which I found tonight. There you go. And it's it's a Smith single. The song's called This Charming Man. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to hear more of them. This is obviously before Spotify. Yeah. And fucking youtube and you can just listen to anything within five seconds mm. um so i acquired this by putting it in my backpack <laughs> and, and um when i got home and put it on i was like whoa this i didn't don't remember hearing this song in the van you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like but i totally would have because this is on the self-titled record but um 
to someone who hasn't heard it, it's like real like jingle jangly, like yeah. this guitar. Well, like, I, actually, do, 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 do. <laughs> I actually made a note about that song and just said, like, I, ju- I just wrote down, like, this charming man is really like a very weird <laughs> song on the record. Like, because the whole record's like very slow paced and, and like quite like, you know, a bit dreary and things like that. And then this, that's, I like, I wrote down, it's like, it's almost like a punk song. Like, it just kind of really picks it up. Well, they do have like a lot of rockabilly, rockabilly influences. Yeah, yeah. They go, they randomly like just pop into that in other songs on the record. But if you just say skipped from track to track on the record, yeah, it's very like. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Like you said, dreary, like it, it paints a picture of what possibly like the what the lyrics are about but that's the whole vibe and that song like you're like what the fuck and when i put that on i put that on and i was like what the fuck is this yeah what i mean i was like i don't like this i don't care if the coolest guy in the coolest hardcore band in the world thinks this is good this isn't good you know what i mean but um the more I listen to it, and especially now, man, when I listen to that song, and this happened a bit later when I started to play bass, listen to the bass lines yeah, in that yeah. song. The dude is going for it, you know, like yeah. he's doing the coolest shit. And it's pretty, it's not that tricky, but I mean, it's just really catchy. I wish I could isolate that fucking jangly guitar shit and turn that right <laughs> down and turn the bass up. Well, that's, um, like, that's one of the things I noticed about the record too, is that like um, it... Like a lot of these records, like an- another one I did talked about was that U2 record, Joshua Tree. And I noticed yep. it with this record too, like fucking like I I wouldn't associate the Smiths with like having a good bass player. Like when I think of the Smiths, I just think of Morrissey. But like yep. the bass on this is great. Like there is, there's like yeah. licks and little runs and he's yeah, doing. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that bass players always have to do that when the guitar is just playing like. You know, yeah, you can't just play along with him. No, exactly. So you kind of got to find your own thing. But it, I mean, it sounds it sounds great on this. Like it, it works really well for it. Well, that's one thing I'm glad you brought up because okay, just say with hardcore, just say we were doing a band and fucking I've got a doctor's appointment. Someone can fill in for me. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Generally speaking, yeah. But this this is what made the Smiths. And for instance, I listened to the the episode you did with Pete today and you're talking about Danzig. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't make those records with other people because it was the band, not just the singer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So this band, man, like Johnny Marr is a guitarist. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. Andy Rook, the bass player, like I just said, he kills it. And I reckon Mike Joyce, the drummer, like, dude, he, he could he's just like solid, you know what I mean? But it's like he's the one that keeps when it gets a bit uh, let's say fruity. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's still back there in the pocket, smashing the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, th- there's a few bands in history that I think anyway, like Pantera couldn't have been Pantera without those four. Yeah, um, the Crow Mags Age of Quarrel record wouldn't have been the same. Madball wouldn't have been. You know what I mean? And then when these bands sometimes continue on without those members, you see that they're not the same band. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. And they, I mean, that's that's where bands like, yeah, like, you know, Pantera, like every every member of that band did other bands. And I mean, I like some of the other stuff as well and other people do too. But like 
nothing any of them did mm. is ever going to be, you know, what nah. that was, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's it, every now and then, like, the planets align and two people meet and they fucking make music together and then get another two people, you know, and get lucky, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. That's what this was. Like, Morrissey and Johnny Marr randomly met, wrote some songs, fucking randomly found people to play. Like, it's not like they searched for the best bass player and the best drummer. They just yeah, fucking- yeah. So it is really up to, I don't but, know, some myth- mythical music man in the sky. Yeah, but I mean that 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 kind of also. I mean, I feel like you've had probably the same experience I've had with that too. Is like when you find your people that you like making music with, though. I mean, it's very particular for me coming from Canberra, but you fucking stick with them, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I've sure. I've now been in like four bands with the same five people kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's true because, you know, one, it's hard to find people you get along with and have similar interests and similar ideas. Mm. But, like, for me and me and Pete, like, is an example. Like, I yeah. I wish I could still make music with him, you know. Um, yeah. And then since I've moved here to Adelaide, I've found Lockie and Liam, uh, two, two younger guys that play in Reactions. Yeah. And, and I love doing shit with them. Like, we just recorded six songs in, like, six hours the other day. <laughs> and it was so fucking fun. Like, I haven't laughed and had that much fun, like, in ages. Like, the drummer, Liam, like, hadn't – I never even showed him the songs. We just went in there and I'm like, this is the song. And he goes, yep. And we just fucking did it. <laughs> I mean, that's – like, I think that's as well for me is, like, the reason to always keep doing this stuff too because I think – I think the other thing as well, like you get to a point too where, I mean, it becomes a very stark reality. I think particularly in Australia, it becomes a very stark reality that like, you know, it's not, it, you know, I'm not going to make a living off this. Like I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to do that. So, if I'm doing it, it needs to be the, f- you know, the funnest thing I'm doing. That's why I'm doing it now, you know, and like. Dude, like what you guys did, um with mental cavity going to a fucking regional remote property and just fucking <laughs> you guys would have just drank beer all weekend and riffed out like we did <laughs> that, well, that's amazing though like that's just like mates hanging out having a good time and oh fuck it while we're there we might as well record some songs you know <laughs> well the whole the whole thinking behind that was like if we all taken this much time off, we got to fucking go somewhere. Like, I don't- that's, Yeah, that's a I good said, point. They were all like, oh, we'll just come down to Melbourne. And I was like, yeah, but then I don't get to do anything fun. Like, I don't get to go yeah. anywhere special, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're going to have to sit fucking stand at a computer screen, you might as well have a nice veranda to walk out onto yeah, every ex- now and then. <laughs> exactly. That's a really good idea. That's you. That was great. Yeah. I mean, I can't- I'm still- so shocked that we managed to get away with making that much noise and the woman who owned the property like when we left she was like oh we actually didn't hear you guys once and she was like we've had people that have brought in had like 25 person bachelor party weekends and have brought in like a full pa and set it up in the paddock and had like you know, bush doofs in the paddock and stuff so she was like you guys were great (laughs) like amazing so, there was actually people on the property with you. Yeah, we could- w- There was a couple times where pe- we, like, we saw, like, a tractor getting around and stuff. <laughs> like, it was fully- And there was, like, there was quite a few times there was a dog that, like, they lived about two k's away, I think. And their dog kept coming to the house because 
being you know the other than myself everyone else that was with us like the four vegans were so like every time the dog came by it was like they were all just oh. in love with the dog yeah. <laughs> and so and then one day this the woman came uh, the one of her kids came by and was like oh we're so sorry our dog keeps coming over he only comes down here because like we like we just ignore him at this point so he's just he's obviously coming here because you're paying attention to him <laughs> like yeah amazing yeah um anyway enough about my recording in the bush um, <laughs> uh all right so when um i think a big thing for me with the smiths i suppose is i never i mean i'd heard i'd heard like the their bigger songs i suppose when i was younger but then i coming from like a very metal background myself like I only really became aware of them, I suppose, similarly from people in like the punk and hardcore scene really liking them. And I mean, I think I think that's mm. it's quite interesting to me that they are as popular as they are in the punk and hardcore scene. But and I mean, I don't know exactly what that is, but I get the feeling a lot of it has to do with like the emotion and stuff that's a part of the music yeah. that they play, you know? It's a it's a weird one, huh? But like, mm. if you say interviewed fifty hardcore kids and said name your five favorite bands that aren't hardcore or punk, they would probably be in more than half. So yeah, yeah. They seem to resonate. I think <clears throat> um, one. I think because they're a rock band, that they actually had a message and something to say rather than just yeah. fucking about nothing. Like most, like Coldplay or Foo Fighters or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that he he so and the way say a hardcore or punk band actually has a reason for being a band, I think Morrissey had a reason. He wasn't just a singer in a band, he wanted to get this shit out there, you know what I mean? And I think he gets a rep as like being oh the miserable, depressed, fucking weird dude that you know, but there's a bit more to his lyrics than just sort of whinging and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and saying and saying how miserable life is, like um, even on the the self-titled record, they got a song "Suffer Little Children," mm. and it's a it's about the Moors murders that yeah, um, yeah. happened. Dude, this shit happened at the time of the recording. So imagine writing a song like that and releasing it. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how the fucking label let him do it. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, because obviously that's like was a crazy news story, and fucking, there's like I think five kids buried like in just outside of manchester that had been fucking sexually abused and yeah yeah it's, it's crazy horrible shit, you know i think the other thing too i suppose as well is like obviously this record i think was like very reflective of that environment at the time too like i mean if i if if i listen to this record i can very easily picture like pretty fucking dreary uk <laughs> like you know yeah, i mean definitely it's yeah for sure it suits it seems to suit the environment that's a part of you know like similarly like if you're listening yeah. to if you're listening to some of those you know older new york hardcore records for example like you can picture mm. the environment that that music yeah. is creating you know it's reflective of it and maybe this is another reason why it does resonate with people because i go to this a lot it's like it's real like it's not yeah. fake it's not it's not an image it's not you know, this is this is just them making what the music they wanted to make the way they wanted to do it, and it's fucking good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, even your boy Phil um, 
said, I found this today. I was looking it up because I knew he said something. He said, um, extreme music, it doesn't have to be heavy. And it doesn't because this yeah. is fucking extreme because it's emotional. Like, the same way Johnny Cash, that Hurt song, dude, that yeah, is a yeah. fucking heavy song. It's it's a fucking old dude with an acoustic guitar, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So music can be a lot of things different ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, so to you, is this is this your favorite of their records, or is this just the what like is this where you start off with them? It's funny because knowing that I was gonna do this, obviously been listening to them all again heaps because when I first got into them, dude, I got into them. Like I read yeah. every book, I fucking studied up on it, you know, because I really loved it. Um, and look, everyone says the third, so they've done four albums and a whole heap of weird compilations throughout it. So mm. it gets real confusing. The first album, even the band hated the recording. Yeah, right. When I listened to it, it's not that bad. It is what it is. It, it's not as bad as Joy Division's first record, for example. Like, <laughs> that's fucking shit. You can barely hear that, you know. Yeah. Like Black Sabbath, like you've got to turn it up so loud, but it kind yeah. of suits it maybe, mm. you know. Uh, so, look, it's the early 80s. Of course, it's not going to sound great, but, it, yeah, it doesn't sound amazing. And then so just after this, they did another record where they recorded a lot of the same songs, but it, it's just some, it's sort of like some weird compilation thing. It's called Hatful of Hollow. Yeah, right. And the songs do sound way better. On yeah, that. right. But, and then there's like some of their big singles and shit were on that one. But I reckon, look, my favourite's probably the third one, The Queen Is Dead. The songs on that, like, there's pretty much not a bad song. Actually, there's a terrible song. On that. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, Mr. Shankly, it's called. All it's right. the second song. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. I don't. But other than that, that one's probably... I, I don't know because the one I listened to the most is the last one they did because it was it came out after they broke up. But you can tell as a band, you know, they were on top of their shit. They were just so good. Um, yeah. Well, I think I mean it's it's quite interesting too because I mean I think that's that's been another funny thing about doing this with people is that I guess when I first asked people when I first started talking to people about doing it, I the way I was uh, prefacing it was saying like pick your favorite record but then i talked to people a little bit more like a couple people that i was going to do it with and they were like oh this isn't my favorite record but i like i can talk about this one for longer like this one has more things to touch on and stuff like that and i think that's been another interesting way of thinking about it too because i mean the other thing for me too is like some of my favorite records i don't know if i could really be critical of them either or like or talk too much about them because i think I just think they're really good. So, all I would yeah. talk about is like how good it is and that's it, you know? Like, Yeah. Well, when you're like, for instance, for this, you're so far removed. It's not like my mate's hardcore band. That, yeah. And I could and I could tell him, fuck, the drums sound like shit or yeah. why, didn't you, why didn't you do this? Like, dude, this album came out when I was two years old. Um, yeah. And, and like, I- I can look at it from what it for what it is, and I I don't know what the I wonder what they think about it now, but they should just be like it is what it is, really, you know. Yeah, the songs are the songs are still there, and it sounds like I said way better than other bands that releases that were coming out around the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the uh, like some other stuff, like I like you know doing a little bit of looking into it and stuff as well. Like, wait, did you sit down and listen to the whole record? Yeah. 
I did. Amazing. And I looked at it. Man, I, th- th- that was actually like the whole point. Re- really, the whole point of doing this was like, I'm going to actively try and listen listen to music that I don't usually listen to and try and- Well, I mean, be critical of things that I don't like, obviously, but also like go into everyone with an open mind. And like, honestly, the, the hardest one so far from the jump for me so far, just like- go and listen to it was yeah when nate said i want to do a u2 record i was like oh, fucking u2 like but <laughs> and then now i've i like listened to that record full i was like this record's actually good i got no i have no problem with it and i think my my you know preconceptions were what was getting in the way and i would say honestly i would say kind of the same with this because i would say like admittedly i'm not a fan really of his singing and i think mm. that's what's always gotten in the way of this band for me is because the music's fine. Like I have no issues with that, but his singing is very, is quite jarring. And I mean, similarly, like, Mm. I think I said it on the one with Pete as well. For me, like when I first heard Danzig, I was like, what is this cunt doing? Like, why is he singing like this? You know, (laughs) why is he doing this? (laughs) But then over time it's like, oh, okay. That's of course he's singing like that. Cause that's exactly what, how it's meant to be for this band. Mm. Um, but one of, like, the notes that I made on this, too, is, like, it, when you think about it, like, Morrissey was, like, 25 when this record came out. Mm. And, and he couldn't sing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, but that's what I mean. Like, so, when I think about that, too, like, man, the, I mean, obviously, the, the you know, people can find the first stuff that I played music on myself. But, like, I mean, stuff that I did when in my first bands was fucking terrible. <laughs> and comparatively, yeah, yeah. like- Every- Everyone's is- Yeah. But like Imagine the- this was the first thing you put out. Like that's <laughs> that's that's the first record you were on sold fucking millions of copies. It's well, yeah, like crazy. I looked on the thing and it's like it it peaked at number two on the charts in the UK. Yeah. Like that's crazy for like a first thing. I wonder. I can't remember who it was. I should know that. I'm sure I could find it out <laughs> in a little book. Hey, get a pen. You should check out his solo record. It's called Vox Hall and I. All right. Um, his vocals, it yeah, it's got one of my favourite songs on there. It's well, two actually. Actually, fuck, there's a lot of good songs on there. All right, I'll check it out. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe not, but I'll probably have to listen to it again. His vocals don't seem as prevalent. Maybe like I can imagine. Oh, I don't know the stories you hear in the mix. I think he potentially liked himself quite high in the mix <laughs> you know well, what i mean yeah yeah and i mean i think but even when you're doing a solo band that's named after yourself like danzig or morrissey yeah, like, yeah. i guess you've got to be pretty high in the mix but the, his band that especially on that record his solo record like i've kind of lost track now he's still putting them out but mm. there's some fucking great songs there's like straight up rockabilly songs and yeah yeah like there's a couple on that one that are really good mm. um how, as well. how does stuff like this, you know, influence- I mean, obviously, you've played in a bunch of hardcore bands and stuff like that and done a lot of different stuff here. But, like, ha- how does stuff like this influence you? Does it influence you in terms of the music that you've made? Yeah, I'm influenced by lots of things. I've never really answered this question. I'm glad you said that. Um, my wife's a dancer. Yeah. Um, so, like, contemporary dance- uh, 
indigenous dance, all sorts of. She's done a bunch of shit, ballet even at one point. Mm-hmm. That's where, when we lived in Melbourne. Um, and I'd go to like dance performances with her or go and watch her, and I'd get inspired watching some of that stuff, man. Like, yeah, I think like it sounds real corny, but music is a form of art. Yeah, absolutely. I love going to the art gallery. I, I like going to museums. I am get inspired by all sorts of shit. So it's not that weird to think that, you know, a, a, a weird English dude singing songs about fucking <laughs> being miserable could inspire a hardcore record. But, <laughs> like, not, like, lyrically or anything like that. But I'm not sure. I'm sure, like... It's it's tricky because like it's not like I heard a riff and I was like oh let's do something like that or yeah but, yeah you know I I love I fucking love dude they're my favorite band easily like if you ask me what's your favorite band ever the Smiths straight away like, yeah there's not if I can put them on if if I'm tired awake hungry fucking <laughs> angry happy you know it's the only if they said oh if you're stuck on a deserted island that's the only band I would have it's mm. it's weird. I mean, um, it's it's quite interesting that too. Then I guess the fact that <clears throat> the band that you know, like like you just said, is your favorite band. Effectively, you came to them quite late in terms of yeah. listening to music. Then as well, really. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I was two when the, the first record came out. Yeah, yeah. And and what two thousand and two? I'm twenty when I first hear them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so. <clears throat> But I am also for almost 40, so I've listened to them for <laughs> no, 18. So, half my life I've been almost listening to them. So, yeah, you, you've yeah, like, right. It's not like I grew up, I didn't grow up listening to them or anything like that, but that's the thing. See, I didn't grow up listening to anything really. I think the only thing my mum had like a Midnight Oil cassette maybe or something, but just wasn't a super musical yeah. household. You know? How? Um- it's, just so, it's just weird, dude, that a kid that, especially at that time or just prior to it. Like it was toe-to-toe, agnostic front, mad ball, blood for blood, and I would just be fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and then, oh, yeah, the Smiths. I, li- I like this. Like, it makes no sense, but it, it probably helped me stop being a fucking idiot too. <laughs> it restrained some of, the, some of the need to fight people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I guess the other thing too with, I suppose, them as a band is that like, I get, they do, like, they do have a certain, well, reputation about them. I mean, I guess there's notoriety, you know, like I mentioned before, particularly in like punk and hardcore, like lots and lots of people really like them. Um, but then as well, there's obviously like over the more recent years been some mixed things about Morrissey, like him as his personality and his political views and things like that maybe haven't been like as in line with what other people in punk and I call line up with. But I think at the, I mean, the other thing too is the reality of that as well is that we're people in a certain age bracket and no matter what, like, even if, if you like someone's music, that does not by any means mean that they're a lovely person. <laughs> like, and, oh, fuck no. And no I think- way. Like, well, look, I just looked it up. I knew it was close, but yeah, he's 60. So, you know, he's got 20 years plus on us. Well, yeah. And I mean, that, that the other thing too is like, you know, I mean, I, I think I've been pretty fortunate and I think 
punk and hardcore and, and metal in particular, it's, you know, I've been pretty fortunate in that most of the people that I've met, particularly all the ones that are like my absolute musical idols have fortunately been at least very nice to me. So, I don't have a, a you know, like a soured image of them. But I mean, that being said, I have also, you know, through the same circles as I assume you have as well, you know, doing driving at big festivals and things like that. Like, I've definitely met my fair share of pricks <laughs> as well from yeah. bands that I thought would be like, oh, these guys are going to be really cool. And then they were fucking dickheads. So. Yeah. Or just losers lost in like a fantasy world where they think they're important. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, I, don't, I think it's pretty, it is pretty harsh to assume that just because you like the Smiths that Morris is going to be a lovely, you know, p- perfect left wing yeah, so, idealist. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't prescribe to that shit anyway. Like, especially what I find funny is like when uh, someone in a hardcore and metal band does something and gets into trouble and then like the hardcore community like outs them. It's like, dude. They're in a fucking hardcore band. What do you want them to be? Some choir boy? Like, okay, yeah. like there's certain things like the blood for dude, whatever, that that's fucking crazy. But I mean, I remember seeing some other shit and I was like, who the fuck cares, man? He fucking, it's an assault charge. Like if you're a singer in a hard band, hardcore band, you should have assault charges against you. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I mean, particularly, it, particularly it, a band like that. That's that's very reflective of what was actually the yeah, dude was oh, actually dude, doing. You know, no, that shit. No, I think that was something to do with an underage person and rape. So that that's not. Oh a, yeah, that, obviously, that's a different story. But, yeah, but like, I I won't bring up the other ones in particular. But I mean, there's been some weird things, and it's like. They're in a fucking crazy heavy band. They don't have to be an angel and you don't have to love them and what they do. It, it should at some point be about the music. Like, yeah, if Morrissey came out and started fucking music hailing and yeah, <laughs> telling everyone that then I would have a problem. But no, if he, whatever, I, I just don't care really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and I think that's hard too. I think there, there is a certain, I mean, there's a certain element as well where you have to make, and it, you you have to make your own decisions about what it what you are and aren't going to listen to or care about or have influence you. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you, you know, there's certainly like most bands that, are, you know, I, I think it, my, my issue with it is you can't make it, you can't make decisions like that on one thing and then not do it for something else. Like you, if you get, if you're going to do it, you got to either at least be consistent or just, you know, like it for what it is kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's um funny. I keep coming back to Pantera, but years ago in Sydney, um, he came out on stage <laughs> with a Confederate flag around him. Have you heard this story? Oh, no, but I mean, I'm, I, I know all too well, all of that, that sort of <laughs> stuff. And he, he said, this is the new white flag of America. He was saying all this crazy shit. Yeah. Fucking wild, like, like what? <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, oh, hang on, hang, hang on, it's what is it? <laughs> and then, you an idiot. Well, and then, I mean things like that too. And I mean, I'm not going to jump to the dude's defence or anything, but I mean, at the at the same time, like I you then like other people that he plays in bands with, uh, like in his active bands currently, are like people of colour and people from this background and that background, and they're all just like 
fucking he's a mouthy dude that likes to do things that stir people up you know and and like that's you know i guess that's the identity you make and i suppose again if you're someone like that that's what you got to do i suppose like that's how you're getting more rise out of people and i mean i think that i mean like he his most famous thing really i mean he he reckons he was misquoted by saying it but like you know the the last big press article he did before Dimebag got killed was saying that someone should murder him. <laughs> so like, you know, what? Like, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he like, you know, he said, and that's that's I think as far as I remember at least the, you know, he sort of come out and said like, no, I didn't say that. I it, like I said like in jest like, uh, someone should put that dude out of his misery or something. You know. And then it, it was it was quoted as saying like someone should kill him, and then a dude did go and kill him. You know? wow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, well, okay. The other thing that I was thinking about with with this record too is that I suppose like with with a band like this, it really is interesting how how people pick what they do or don't like with with things like. Um, a band like The Smiths or, or like Morrissey as a singer. And like I mentioned before, like for me, I think the the hard thing with this band is maybe his singing. And that was a little bit jarring for me getting into it. But when listening to the record as a whole and listening to then like letting the, you know, letting Spotify just keep playing through some of the other records and stuff, like, like I mentioned before with Danzig, like it absolutely suits the record you know and it suits the band like it's um but is that was any of that you know something that was weird for you starting off with it particularly coming from like you mentioned before like listening relatively solely to hardcore and stuff like that was it hard for you to get into that stuff or did that do you did you like that straight off the bat no like i said when i first heard that song that i uh, acquired from that <laughs> show um i was just like straight up what the fuck is this like the guitar everything about it like the <clears throat> the cover all the covers of the singles and most of the albums actually all of the albums have males on them yep usually somewhat undressed mm-hmm. so there's all like this sort of un- underlying like homoerotic vibe as well yeah and so it's dude from what i'm coming from and where i am you know align myself and all that stuff it was the polar opposite of who i was so it dude it was hard like not like i forced myself to like it, but it was weird i guess <clears throat> not long after getting that single you remember i'm not sure if you had them in canberra there was like these cd shops and all their cds were ten dollars yeah 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 yeah, so I went in there and they had all the albums. So I just got all the al- I got fucking every one, bang, had them all. So yeah, I went home and it wasn't long after listening to it. I'm not sure what it was, but I probably hadn't really up until that point even listened to like much, just straight, even singing, you know, like yeah, other than what I was on the radio or whatever. So, but I don't ever like remember being like fuck i can't stand the singing it, it i i didn't well i didn't hate it put it that way straight away yeah 
Um, and did this did this then push you into listening to other stuff in more in this vein? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, around the same time, like, and I remember one of the guys from the band who I'm still in touch with um, said, your musical taste is much better now than when I met you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're also listening to, like, a lot of Nick Cave and, dude, I fucking love Nick Cave. Everything he's done. Um, every time I've seen him play, whether it be in whatever form, with his rock band, with his full band, with if it's just him, he is so good at yeah, what he yeah. does. I actually now much prefer him over Morrissey, whereas years ago I would say Morrissey. But, dude, Nick Cave's the man. He's done some awesome shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Joy Division, the Stone Roses, uh, Oasis. So, yeah. But I guess... Uh, newer sort of stuff, you know. So, yeah, no, it definitely opened me up, but The Smiths, I would definitely listen to more. I, I, I really like that Joy Division record, but, like, it's just the recording so shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that is hard too. Like, I think there's certainly, I mean, like, obviously you get to a point where you just, a lot of those things you just get over it. But th- at the same time, I mean, there's definitely records that are like, if it sounds terrible, it is ve- even if you like the songs, it's it's ve- sometimes it can be very difficult to listen to it. Well, you tell me, Paranoid, the Black Sabbath yeah. record. What do you do? You is that fucking atrocious, or can you just turn it up and listen to it? Yeah, no, I, I can I I can put up with it, but I mean, I'm so much a fan of the music that I think yeah. I just ignore it. But I mean, like similarly, I mean, my, my opinion on that's a bit skewed as well because like. My favorite band have the worst recordings ever. So, like, it's it, like, dude, I was gonna say, I hate God. Like, <laughs> I can, I, I try to listen to them when it comes on, and I'm like, oh man, yeah. But do you like, do you like that? Yeah, but I think, I think I like it because of the, I, I, well, no, I, I like it because of the vibe of it. It's not. Like, I'm not listening when I listen to I Hate God. I'm not listening to it to listen to like pristine musicality i like the fact that it is it sounds like four heroin addicts falling over you know <laughs> like that i do I, they have newer albums yeah they i mean they've the last record was i don't know maybe 10 years ago now but yeah you know they had they still manage to make them sound like that <laughs> no like i mean it definitely has it has started sounding a lot better like most most of the newest i would say from the last two like full length records of theirs sound a lot more like you know proper studio records but i mean yeah. that being said as well they're also much older now too so i think you know yeah. when when they recorded their first record you know the singer was legitimately homeless and the rest of them were all actual like 18 year old heroin addicts compared to now now they're all like so sick though yeah <laughs> but n- now they're look, all- again it comes back to what i said before real music by real yeah. people yeah yeah well and i mean and i think yeah and like you can you can see that in the things that they do but yeah like now they're like in their like late 40s and early 50s and stuff and like I mean, have all been in bands that have done proper recordings and stuff. So, I think it's just sort of natural now that they go to a proper studio and get a good yeah, producer yeah. who's their friend or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, Dude, I was going to- 
I was going to say, like, the songs I recorded for Smash on the weekend, yeah. I wanted them to sound a certain way, obviously, mm. and because I'm shit at playing guitar, they're going to sound shit, but, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to, like, we're in a pretty basic studio, like, pretty much, you know, one of the dudes at his house has set up a studio. Yeah. And with the way technology is, like, it's fucking hard to make stuff sound shit nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, and what's funny too is like when, um, I mean, like very specifically to like my bands, but like when, I mean, when we first did I Exist demos, like I have the recordings of our first, like when we like demoed roughly the songs in my mum's spare room and then- from where that has now gone to like when we did the mental cavity demos, like the mental cavity demos could be as good as like the first I exist album. <laughs> and like we demoed them what on Murph's it? like electric drum kit and it sounds as good as a record kind of thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But you know. that stuff's insane. Even I borrowed a guitar off Lockie to practice the songs on. Yeah. I had that fucking, what is that thing where you, it stays in tune? Oh yeah, the Evertune bridge. What the fuck is that? That is insanity. <laughs> it's it's revolutionized your guitar playing, man. Dude, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, where where are you at with doing music stuff at the minute? So obviously you've just just went and recorded those songs. Is that is that what's taking up your mind at the minute? Well, March thirtieth, I got told that I'm stood down from my job, so I've had lots of free time. Yeah. Uh, other band I was sort of doing level um, got asked to be on a uh, Close the Gap mm -hmm. uh, compilation and it was something I really wanted to do. And, and I, for some reason, I can't remember why, I had this song in my on my phone that I'd written and I wanted to record it. Um, and it was, I thought, no, I I didn't think it was a level song. It just sounded like Smash, this band I did years ago, because uh, very basic sounding hardcore, really. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get time to record it, so I just ended up giving Sean, the guy that did that compilation, a level song that suited anyway. And then, but then with the spare time I had, I found myself mucking around with my bass guitar and. I had some lyrics and stuff sort of going on in my head. It was, it's really weird. It's like, seems though everyone's got more spare time um, and you sort of fall back into being artistic again, maybe if that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. my wife's, my wife's fucking weaving shit and making stuff and <laughs> it's really weird. And I'm fucking m making music again. And yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's just kind of like an outlet and to stay busy and, but yeah. it was, dude, I, I had the most fun recording the songs. It was really fun. Yeah, that's sick. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, I've said it a couple of times on this. Like, uh, the weirdest thing for me is, I mean, I thought like, fuck yeah, working from home, I'm going to play guitar every day. I'm going to write so many songs. And I, for some reason, have just had like very little inspiration to do it. But having been doing these podcasts and talking to people about music and stuff, like I am getting very back into thinking about music a lot more and i think like that i think maybe that's part of what i need to do the stuff as well like i need to talk to people about music because i mean the, the weirdest thing for me at the moment is like 
I mean, even though that, you know, the two bands that I have sort of done a lot with are both in Canberra, but like, I mean, I play with people here all the time and like, it is really weird for me not going and jamming and like not seeing people and playing guitar and not going to shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, like having these conversations is kind of my like fuel to get past that, you know, <laughs> like how in Melbourne, how serious is this like lockdown? Like if you go out, is a cop going to pull you over and ask where you're going? I don't think so. That being said, I've not really been testing it. I mean, obviously you can go to and from work and stuff and, I mean, but I don't think anyone's really pulling people over just for driving around. I mean, I've I've actively seen people in the park behind my house get fines um, when, wow. uh, like, yeah, because I mean they're they're big on the um, you know not being out in a group of more than well more than two people is the thing. But yeah. I mean, people are being really stupid about it too. Like, I mean, I live in front of a footy pitch and. I mean, today when I was walking the dog, there was definitely like a full football club was out there kicking footies around. And like, obviously wow. they're not standing right next to each other, but at the same time, they all got there together and are all standing around yeah. when they're not kicking the ball, they're standing around talking to each other and stuff, you know? So yeah. I think it's a bit hard. They got to kind of be, they do have to be a bit brutal on people, you know, because people are dumbasses and don't listen, you know? Mm, that's I just was bringing it back to the living here in South Australia. I think I'm a little bit lucky, man. We um yeah, we sort of skipped it all. I've still been you know surfing and we you know we, we've got the same sort of stuff here, but it's much more chilled out, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, even like I think it it's it's relaxed itself heaps in even in Canberra now. Like you know, those metal cavity guys and my mum and stuff are all saying like, it's sort of slowly getting back to normal. Um, but yeah. you know, in, in the, in the places that have really isolated it, that's, that's, that's how they've managed it. Whereas like, I think obviously we were talking before we started recording, but like Sydney has it really badly. <laughs> and then similarly here, I mean, I think the big thing for both here and Sydney too, is there's so many fucking people were coming in and out when it first started happening that it's just, it just blew up here as well. And I mean, particularly, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, you know, like, like you said too, like having those cruise ships rock in and just basically dumping, you know, a couple thousand people or a couple hundred people who all have, you know, a sick and then that just then spreads on out, you know, like. Mm. Silly stuff, man. Yeah. Um, so like, I guess for you at the minute, that's like the smash thing is all that you're working on that. That's sort of the plan for the moment while you're, while we're waiting for the world to go back to normal. Yeah. So the songs are done. Um, the artwork's done. Uh, life, Allaire. Yeah. Regret. I'm trying to <laughs> records are gonna put it out. I was trying to get that right for some weird reason. I'm going to release it as a, a tape, I believe. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and we'll see what happens. I don't really have any intentions on playing live. Yeah. Um, just because, I don't know, I love creating, I love recording, but I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but, dude, shows for me haven't really been that fun for a long time <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it's, it's just it's just different i guess you know 
Yeah. And I mean, and I, I think the other thing too is like, you got to be in the right space for it as well. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're doing something that you really want to fit in that environment, then great. But like, I mean, the, the other thing too is like, if it's, if what you're doing doesn't suit it or it's going to be more work than it's worth doing it and stuff like that, you know, that often, that often gets in the way of yeah. it too, you know? Plus I've got quite a lot of shit happening at home and stuff, you know, two kids, um, yeah so um, spare time isn't huge so like just say i do have spare time i'd probably rather be surfing or training or doing something than sitting in a room fucking playing the same songs over and over (laughs) to get tight for some show that no one's gonna be at you know what i mean yeah we've we've done Um, enough of that at this point (laughs) yeah sort of like you know uh, even like even like all the reunions and stuff like that to me it's not worth it it's not i don't know I've, that yeah. thing graham's thing the other the resisting fuck it feels like it was a few years ago now a year ago i don't even remember yeah yeah i think i was in a bit of a weird mood anyway but that whole show i was like this is fucking weird man like <laughs> it's, it's like old dudes reliving their youth or something you know what i mean it's like yeah i I'd mean i watch it a band play their first show and a sick or a, a young new band like say speed from sydney or yeah i'd get more psyched on that than some fucking you know like you know last nerve playing <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, i like, my, the the enjoyment i got out of that show which i i talked to graham about at length i was just like Oh, you know, it was just really, it was just really uh, a really effective way for me to go and see a heap of people I hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I guess that was it. It was, it was pretty crazy. It was so I, I only walked out and around like for a little bit, but it was pretty weird, especially because I don't live in Sydney anymore. But I mean, lots of people were like Pete. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fucking loser, you know? I'm like fuck, what's your name? I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's all right. I mean, I, th- I'm, I'm at the point now where like every time I go back to Canberra and someone's like, oh, hey, man, I'm like, do I, did I go to school with that person or does that person know me from playing guitar? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I know that? That's why I kind of love living here because you know that going to the shops and you see someone you went to school with, that awkward conversation. Yeah. I don't have to have them here. You got none of that. Perfect. Well, because I've been here for a while now, it still sometimes happens through random work or I don't know, but it's yeah. not as bad as Sydney. Couldn't fucking like walk two steps in my area. <laughs> well, glad you got out of it, mate. Hey, I got one song I need to go back to on this record, though. For something really weird happened. When No Apologies played our last show, I gave the sound dude um, my iPod. And, and from memory, I don't know if this is right, but I said to him, just whatever, bef- this is, we had intro music. So I said, you know, play the, actually this is fucking right because he, he would have had to go into no apologies in my iPod to play our intro music. Yeah. And I said, when we finish, just put on whatever, but just fucking, I don't, I don't think I gave him any instructions at all. Just put on some music. Yeah. And I distinctly remember we walked off stage, all that stuff. I, I think I took my shirt off. I was all sweaty and gross in the back sort of side area. I sat down and I listened and I could hear music. And I was like, oh, what's he playing? I could hear it as everyone was sort of leaving or whatever. 
And then I heard the lyrics, no more apologies. And he sings, no more apologies, like that. And I was like, no more. And I'm thinking, fuck, that's kind of fitting. Like, no, even though it doesn't make any sense, like it doesn't make perfect sense, but it's like saying no more, no apologies. It was weird. But that song's on this record, What Difference Does It Make, it's called. And, and yeah. whenever, I, whenever I hear that, I picture sitting down, and I think I've got a photo of it, um, Dan took like a bunch of photos for us that night. Mm. And yeah, I'm like got my taking my shoes off, I've got my shirt off, and I'm kind of just like decompressing after we played. And I just remember, yeah, that song came on. I was like, fuck, that was really weird. That of all the shit on my iPod, he's just gone bang and put that on and it then landed those on lyrics. that. Yeah. That's sick. Well, I mean, that yeah. that like cool stuff like that is like great. I mean, great stuff to have have a part of, like, a memory like that, too. Like, I mean, obviously, no apologies have been you in for a long time, you know. Having mm. having that like that's fucking sick. Mm. It was just so bizarre, man. And, yeah, whenever I hear it, I guess there's a bunch of songs that people have that when you hear it, it puts you somewhere else or you're, it, you remember a certain time or yeah, for whatever reason. But... To, the chances of that actually happening on my fucking whatever. (laughs) I've still got that iPod too. It still works in my car. But I mean, you know, what, there's probably 10,000, 20,000 songs on it. It was fucking weird. Yeah. Well, you know, that it was, it was meant to be, man. There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to stop recording, but thank you for doing this. Maybe we'll uh, chat again about a different Smiths record now that we've done the first one. Once you listen to that Vauxhall and I album, you might want to chat about that. All right. Thanks, man. Let me just... No worries.